everyone. I'm Emily Lavender, and this is the Forever Marriage Podcast. Forever Marriage at Lakewood exists to strengthen families by helping couples discover God's design for marriage. Hey guys, welcome back to the Forever Marriage Podcast. We are in the second season of the podcast, and we are talking about six keys to better biblical sex in marriage. Um, in the last episode, we talked about the purpose of sex in marriage. Really helpful. Check that out if you missed it. But today we're going to be talking about five keys to a safe relationship. Yeah, so today we're going to we're gonna t- have a little sidebar conversation before we move uh, into our other discussion. So today we're not going to talk about sex per se. We're going to help you talk about sex. Um, Of course, Scott mentioned in the first episode, we really wrote this study in such a way so that the two of you can have conversations together and how important it is to work through this. And as Emily mentioned, we'll include some questions for you to talk about in the show notes together. And I'll be honest with you, when Scott and I started to have these conversations, I would, I'd be like, turn off the lights. Don't look at me. You know, it would be like, let's, it's got to be completely dark for us to talk about this. <laughs> so, you know, we, we want to help you be able to have these conversations because we're about to move out into the deep end of the pool. You know, things are not as they were created to be. The fall um, has happened and sin affected everything. There's not one single thing that wasn't touched by sin in screaming and entering into creation. So as we are talking about sex and we're encouraging you to have these conversations together, we want to set down a teaching about how to create a safe space in your relationship so that you can have these difficult conversations We want you to learn how to have hard conversations now so that you don't have to have harder conversations later. So this is a good and these are good guidelines to be thinking about for any conversation that you're going to have with one with another. But specifically this area that can have a lot of landmines in it. We want to be sure that we put down a good solid foundation for you all to be able to having these conversations. Yep. So we're going to. This first part of this episode is in what we call five keys to a safe relationship. As Dawn and I have worked with couples through the years, we we started just kind of making, um, jotting down notes, if you will, of what did we recognize in couples where there was an ability to talk pretty candid, to talk pretty honestly with one another and, and it to be safe for it to not get hijacked with anger, frustration, hurt, whatever. And so we're going to lay down here just uh, f- five keys to a safe relationship. And as Dawn's already said, this is not just to help you talk about sex. This is think of these keys to put them down to talk about uh, finances, to talk about parenting, to talk about family of origin, to talk about work, to talk about recreational pursuits, any issue of life. These keys really need to be in your relationship, but especially when it comes to the conversations we're going to be having down the road with regard to sexual intimacy. So the first key is simply this. If you want to write this down, as Emily said, this will be in your show notes so you can see them as well. 
But the first key is approachable. So let me ask you this. Are you approachable? Does your partner feel that they can come to you and share their thoughts and opinions without fear of rebuttal, without fear of reprisal from you? So in in approachability, you got to think of it in a couple of ways. First, defenses are lowered. This is where you're not defensive. Uh, Your partner does not get defensive. Years ago, um, I was in a season of life where I I was struggling just in where I I fit in, what was my place in this world. And I I came across, I was reading in Exodus chapter 14, and and here, uh, Exodus 14, um, Moses is recounting him leading the people of Israel to the Red Sea, standing there on the bank of the Red Sea with the Egyptians and Pharaoh in hot pursuit. The Israelites are belly aching because they feel he's brought them out there to uh, to die. And he his encouragement comes to them through the Lord. And in Exodus 14, 14, Moses said this, speaking for the Lord, the Lord will fight for you while you remain silent. And I'm telling you guys, this was years ago, but th- that phrase, the Lord will fight for you while you remain silent, became pivotable, pivotable. Piv- that's the word of the day, pivotable. Pivotable? It's a good, it's a good word. Yeah, everybody that, try to that work that into a sentence adverb? together. I'm not sure. Pivotable. Both. I think you yes. combined them both. Yes. But it became pivotal in, in me learning not to fight, uh, me learning that God is my defender. I don't need to have to, I don't have to necessarily defend myself. So that's one key is approachable. You, the defenses are lowered. Second part of being approachable is that assumptions aren't made. And this is, this, y'all, you know the, the adage, what happens when you assume. Y'all have heard that before. But in marriage, we've learned it's just not good to make assumptions in general. And I think we're all guilty of it if we're willing to be honest, is that we can do that. Proverbs eleven twenty seven says it this way, and this is from the NIV. Uh, Solomon says it this way, he who seeks good finds goodwill, but evil comes to him who searches for it. So think about it in the context of your relationship. If, if you're looking for good, if, if Emily is looking for good, assuming good intentions on Benji's part, she will most likely find good intentions there. But if she is conversely, if she is assuming selfish ambition in in Benji, she might see that as well. Because we we found when it comes to love and marriage, guys, you're going to find what you're looking for. If you're looking for good in one another, you're going to find it. But if you're looking for selfishness, uh, self-serving needs being met or whatever, you're going to find that as well. So... I would just encourage you with regard to being approachable, uh, be careful of what you assume, what you assume you're hearing from your partner, what you're assuming they're saying to you. Be careful of assumptions.
And then the third part of being approachable is simply this. Listen to understand each other. I love what Peter says in 1 Peter 3, 7. He says, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. And to understand your partner, and this goes really both ways, not just husband to wife, but wife to husband. For me to understand Dawn, I have to become a student of her. I have to observe her. I have to know when is she best approachable. Because listen, honey, you remember this. In the early years of our marriage, if there was an issue between us, I was a literalist. And I would look at Ephesians 4 when it would say, I think in verse 27, do not let the sun go down on your anger. And so if I knew you were frustrated with me or I was irritated with you at 9 or 10 o'clock at night, and you're laying on your side, I'd be tapping you and saying, hey, girl, hey, girl, are you asleep? Because (laughs) I wanted to bring resolution to the issue, but I knew I had to learn the hard way. Hmm. Um, That was not a good time for you, you know? No. Uh, You were were not approachable. It wasn't that you, you know, I, I I was very literal in that, Scripture taught, don't let the sun go down on your anger, but you were literal in what David said in Psalm 30, verse 5, weeping may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. That's right. And so you were like, hey, boy, I'm not talking about it tonight. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sleep. That's right. You know? <laughs> I'm going to have my joy in the morning. That's right. <laughs> so we had to learn to live with one another in an understanding way. And so if we want to practice this principle of approachable. We have to observe our spouse. We have to live with them in an understanding way and know when are they best approachable. For me, we've learned through the years, I am best, I I approach it through the acrostic of hot. Dawn knows I am best approachable when I'm not hungry, when I'm not overwhelmed, when I'm not tired, and when I'm not sexually deprived. That's right. And I feel like, I feel like men are so simple in that. I mean, all of those things can be fixed. I mean, you know, if they're hungry, you're going to feed them. If they're overwhelmed, send them outside to play with the ball. If they're tired, they're going to go take a nap. If they're sexually deprived, we can make that happen. So, I mean, it's just, they're so simple. I mean, girls, we're not quite as simple, but, um, but the, but God has blessed us with being able, being able to really help our men communicate better in, in quick fashion, I think. Yeah, so that's the first key is really this whole idea of of approachable. We're talking about five keys in this episode, five keys to a safe relationship. So approachable is the first one. The second one is really attentive, and this is pretty much uh, self-explanatory. This is where we we remove the things that distract us. And let me just simply ask you, what what are the distractions for you personally? Because I find for all of us, we each have our own distractions. For many of us right now, it's, it's simply devices. It might be the phone. I work with couples pretty regularly where they're having over dinner or when they're resting at home where one or both of them is saying, hey, let's let's just have an electronic, uh, some downtime. Let's not bring our devices to the table, if we're going to sit and we're going to watch a couple of episodes on Netflix, let's not be on our devices too. Let's just kind of give each other some attention. Or if we're sitting on the sofa beside each other, 
let's let's give each other our undivided attention. So just removing whatever it is that distracts you, whether that be the TV that's on. The beauty of TV today, you know, when Dawn and I were first married, you didn't have a thing called DVR. There was no way to pause it. If Dawn wanted to talk or I wanted to talk, we had the risk, oh my gosh, I'm not going to know who shot JR. I can't talk about it right now because if you it talk, Kristen. it was Kristen, but we had to wait. And if you want to talk right now, I'm going to miss it and I'll hear about it tomorrow over the water cooler, but I want to hear, you know, we couldn't pause it. <laughs> so, but you can, yeah, we're dating ourselves. Emily's like, who is JR? I don't know who JR is. I don't know who JR is. Uh, Emily, do you really not? I really don't. Oh, my gosh. We are dating ourselves. Okay. Just Google or YouTube Dallas. Yeah. Okay. I have heard of Dallas. Oh, yeah. Okay. If you just Google it. who shot JR, yeah, you're going to get the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. So I already know. It's <laughs> it was a very big deal in the 80s. Oh, my gosh. It ripped Millions the United States and the people of the world. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Not kidding. Mm. For a okay. whole summer. Yeah. All right. We took a sidebar there. So we're talking about being attentive, removing distractions, turning off the TV if necessary, if there's phones, tablets, or any other devices that need to be laid aside or whatever. Sometimes the uh, giving attention is just being able to still your mind. You may not have any of this stuff in front of you, but you may have a ton of distractions just in your head. Now, I know there's some that are listening that have preschoolers, uh, elementary age children, ankle biters running around right now. Um, and, and we understand that is a season of life. And let me just say to you, just parenthetically, I know this is a hard season. We, Dawn and I have been there, done that. We have adult children, but we remember the late eighties, early nineties. And it is, it is a, I don't mean it bad. It can be a wearying time because, you know, at times you may just feel like we just don't have time, Scott and Dawn, to have these conversations because the kids are always around us. And so whatever it is, that will pass. I will tell you that season will pass. But do your best in this season to make time for one another, to give attention to one another. So we've talked about being approachable. We've talked about being attentive. Now let's talk about being affirming. Now affirming, really, this is where you're getting into um, saying to one another, I, I hear what you're saying. Uh, this is where with your body language, maybe you're nodding of your head. I'm sitting here as we're recording with my arms crossed, but you don't want to cross your arms because cr- the crossing of arms as your partner is talking to you often can convey I'm closed off. You know, maybe you, you've got to prove yourself to me. Yeah. Uh, so you want to have an open body posture. You want to give them eye contact because eye contact in our culture, especially communicates value. It cr- communicates respect. It communicates worth. I remember I used to frustrate the hound out of my mother when I was, a teenager, um, if she had something she wanted to say to me when in growing up in South Georgia, this house that we lived in at the time in Springfield, Georgia, um, <laughs> my mom would talk to me and often I would walk out of the room and walk down the hallway to my bedroom as my mom was talking to me. And I can remember numerous times she would say to me, don't walk away from me while I'm talking to you. 
And I would say back, mom, I can hear you. But basically what she was saying is you're not looking me in the eye. You're not respecting me. You're walking away from me. And, and it was, I was being extremely disrespectful, but in my immaturity at the time, didn't realize that. So giving eye contact in the midst of a conversation, especially something that is meaningful to your partner is huge. And so what, how do you do that? You give some feedback along the way, and this is not just parroting back verbatim what they said, but you may at times want to rephrase it. So what I heard you say is this, and I may rephrase what I heard Dawn say, and then she can give me some clarification back. Well, yes, I did say that, but I didn't mean for you to hear it that way. This is really what I meant to say. So feedback and clarification is all crucial in the affirming process, because this is where if you think of communication in five uh, levels, first level being cliches, the second level being facts, the third level being opinions, the fourth level being feelings, and then the fifth level being needs. What we tend to find is when we're sharing on the opinion level this is where the affirmation process can go south is because it's where we're we're feeling misunderstood. Maybe don't share something with me in terms of an opinion about something. Uh, and the way I hear it, I kind of shut her down or my response to her is not affirming. This is what I heard. Maybe I see it differently. And in my response to her, it communicates to her, well, what you just shared is stupid. I can't believe you see it that way because you should see it my way. And that was honestly, guys, in the early years of our marriage, a key piece of our breakdown because I would, I would not affirm Dawn in how she saw or felt about something. I would respond in a way that made her feel I don't know that I ever said it, but I probably made you feel stupid or that was, I can't believe you see it that way. And so it was just not affirming. So, um, uh, that, that's a key piece. The fourth piece is just accepting. And let me just say this accepting is not approving. Scripture says it this way um, in Romans fifteen seven to accept one another just as we've been accepted by God through Christ. And so Dawn can accept me. She can accept that there may be differences between the two of us. She may not approve necessarily. And this is, this is a key piece in our culture today just in general is because we have segments of our population that not only want acceptance, but they want approval. And the two are not the same. I can accept Dawn, and she can accept me. We may not approve of one another's behavior, but in Christ, we can accept one another. And she may say, honey, I don't accept that behavior, or I don't approve of that behavior, but I'm not not accepting you. So in the acceptance piece, this is where we just um, are acknowledging our differences and just discussing it. And much like, think of it this way, guys, just how I'm talking to you right now, that's really the level that you want to have your conversations with one another. 
If you're getting jacked up, if you're getting hysterical, if you're going historical on one another in the midst of the conversation, you can know, man, acceptance and affirmation is not there. It's it's not there. It's breaking down. And so I want to just encourage you in this acceptance piece, this is where we we accept and embrace that we have differences. Benji sees it this way. Emily sees it this way. And it if it's not unbiblical, it's not immoral, it's not unethical, it's not illegal, it doesn't violate Benji or Emily's conscience. It's just different. And sometimes that's where we have the biggest pushback is the five criteria I just gave you. They're not being violated. It's just different. Benji sees it this way. Emily sees it this way. And they're knocking heads at times on things that it's like, hey, Benji, what what Emily's asking of you is not unbiblical. It's not immoral. It's not unethical. It's not illegal. It doesn't violate your conscience. It's just different from how you're used to doing it. Bro, can't you just can't you just honor her and do it that way? Or Emily, can't you just honor Benji and do it that way? Accept that y'all are different because the thing that we find, honestly, guys, is a lot of times we we find in marriages in general that we see we can see differences as barriers, but God intends for us to see differences as bridges. Because sometimes there's a difference between Benji and Emily, me and Dawn, and those differences are there for our good. It's for God to use those differences to sanctify us, to make us more like Christ. Dawn has taught me in the 33 years of our marriage to be more uh, understanding. I've learned to be a better listener. I've learned to be slower to speak and slower to anger through her. Because you think about it, guys, we really believe this is true, that it's not the only conduit, but we believe that marriage is one of the primary conduits that God uses to grow us and develop us more into the image of Christ. And so in this episode, really all we're talking about is how do we communicate with one another in a way that is safe? And the final step. We've talked about being approachable. We've talked about being attentive. We've talked about being affirming. We've talked about accepting. The fifth and final piece is simply this, is being actionable. Being actionable. This is where we've talked something through and we've landed on, okay, this is what we need to bring resolution to this issue. We often encourage couples by the nature of what we do. We're in marriage ministry, so we encourage just think MRS. But it's basically smart goals. We've just whittled it down to this. What is an actionable step from what we've talked about today that can be measured? It's measurable. What's an actionable step that is realistic? We can accomplish this. We agree on this. What's an actionable step that's specific? It's measurable, it's realistic, and specific. So as Dawn and I talk about whatever the issue is that's on the table, I may simply say to her, honey, what do you need from me? How can I help you? And she may say, well, honey, it would help me if you would do this by this time frame. 
And if it's within my power, Proverbs 3.27 says this. Hey, Scott, if I just went blank. What is if Proverbs? It's in your power yes. to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. We, we, <clears throat> I can't believe I just do forgot. Do not withhold good from those to, to whom, whom it is due when, when it is in, in your power, power to, to do it. it. Yeah, so just think of it that way. There's mm-hmm. an actionable step, and chances are, if it's if it's glorifying of God, it's edifying of your relationship, God will empower you to do it mm-hmm. if you don't have the power to do it. But sometimes it's within your power to do it. It's just a simple ask. Yeah. And then do it. And I think if look, if if your partner comes to you with that question, how can I help you? Then you should it's on you to have a helpful answer. Give them something that really, you know, you can't just say, well, I wish you'd just be a better husband. Okay. Well, that's really not a helpful answer. And so if they're, if in the, in this process, if you, if your partner says, how can I help you? What would be helpful to you? Then give them a helpful answer. Are you all the way through? Yeah. Because I, I wanted to say, yeah, just in conclusion, mm-hmm. as we're sort of going through this little area, mm-hmm. the very, this is the first thing that we want you to do. This is your very first is to sit down with your partner and to say, ask them this question. What is it like for you to be in a relationship with me? Yeah. <laughs> if you're brave enough to ask that question, what is it like for you to be in this relationship with me? And then as you're sort of talking through these five things, you're looking at them, being able to identify what is an area that really might need some evaluation for you personally. How, you know, where do you need to grow? What's a growth area for you? Do you need to be more attentive? Do you need to be more affirming, accepting? Do you need to be more follow through? You might have action steps, but do you follow through on your action steps? So we just want to challenge you here because this is a really important section uh, to be talking about. Before we move on into some deeper waters, we really want you to shore this area up a little bit more. Yeah. So. Look at our show notes. Just review what we've talked about. You've heard some of the passages we've referenced. We encourage you to go back, maybe do some study on those. Um, In our next episode, in the fourth episode, what we're going to do, we're going to kick it off with three ways to know if your sexual relationship is healthy. And as we kick it off there, that will then transition us into the second key of the six keys, and that is just dealing with sexual sin. That may be past sexual sin. It may be present sexual sin. So as Dawn said, guys, we're, we're about to jump off into the deep end of the pool. We've just, over these first three episodes, we've kind of set the course of where we're going, but now we're going to do a deep dive. And so encourage you to hang with us. Um, this is going to be good. This is going to be for our good. And so we're glad you've been with us. We look forward to you joining us again for episode four. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. If you're listening and this was helpful to you and encouraging, I would just encourage you to go to iTunes and subscribe to the show. Um, You'll be notified whenever we publish a new episode. And also while you're there, if it was encouraging to you, just take some time to rate, to rate our show. Um, and give us a helpful review. So thank you for listening today, and we'll be back with another episode of the Forever Marriage Podcast.